Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. And it simply says, here begins the ring of God's word. Amen. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Let me read verse 8 again. For it is by God's grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift from God, not by works so that no one could boast. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Amen. Let's bow our heads in prayer this morning, shall we? Father in heaven, we come before you and we bless you. We give you glory, we give you honor, and we give you praise. Father, we thank you for this Back to Church Sunday, our family and friends day here at the Gathering Church. We thank you for this day, Lord God. We have prayed, we have planned. Oh God, we, we, we have sought you, oh God, for just, oh God, what you're going to do in this day and in this hour, Lord. So Holy Spirit, we welcome you right now. And we ask that you will be glorified and that you will have your way. In the precious name of Jesus, we ask all these things. And somebody say amen. 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 As you're sitting now, I want you to take a neighbor and say, neighbor, you look good this morning. That's right. You got your Sunday best on. You look good. Amen. This morning. Praise the Lord. Well, again, I just want to officially welcome each and every one of you to the Gathering Church. Today, we're kicking off a new teaching series. Amen. And we call this teaching series Agents of Grace. Agents of Grace grace. Amen. And so as we go into this series over the next couple of weeks, we'll be talking about different aspects of what it means to be an agent of grace. Here at the Gathering Church, we have a vision statement. And our vision statement is that the Gathering Church is a place of grace where people far from God experience life in Christ. Amen. That this is a place of grace when we, amen, experience God's smiling face. And so as a place of grace, we become agents of grace. We participate and share what God has given us to other people. And so over these next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about in depth what it means to be an agent of grace. We're going to use the word grace, G-R-A-C-E. Amen. We're going to break down what each word or what each letter represents. Amen. Today, as you walked into the atrium this morning, you probably saw one word on the wall. You wonder why in the world is it just one word on the wall? Amen. The word that you saw on the wall when you came into church this morning was the word grow. Amen. And we did that on purpose. But each week as we go through this series, it's going to be another word added to the wall. But today we're talking about growth. Everybody say grow. Amen. 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 We're going to talk about grow this morning. The Bible says that we are created to, we were created to become like Jesus Christ. If you call yourself a Christian, if you call yourself a child of God, amen, the reason that you call yourself a Christian is because you're striving to live your life the way Jesus would live his, his life. Years ago, 
Hey, man, we used to have these breaks that said WWJD, and it simply stood for what would Jesus do? Hey, Amen. We want to reply and live the way Jesus would live. Hey, Amen. Because if we live the way we wanted to live, hey, amen, when someone cut me off on traffic, I might say something I'm not supposed to say. So I think, what would Jesus, how would Jesus handle somebody cutting him off in traffic? How would Jesus handle someone hurling insults at him? How would Jesus handle this type of situation? And that's really what it means to be a Christian. It's to handle life the way Jesus would handle life. And so this morning, we're going to talk about growing because I think there's an epidemic, especially in the church world, when we have a lot of Christians, but they are stuck or what I call in, in, or in the state of arrested development. We come to Jesus, we ask him to be our Lord and our Savior, but we don't grow. And, 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 and it baffles me because we live in the world with this constant growth happening. You know, when you're born... As an infant, amen, you grow. You grow to be a, we're growing right now. You're aging right in front of me, and I'm aging right in front of you. When we leave here, you'll be older than when you started here. Did you know that? Your birthday just doesn't happen once a year. You're aging throughout the year. I'm aging now. I'm itching closer and closer to 40. Oh, my God, help me, Jesus, 40. Help me, Lord. But I'm getting older because you're aging, Amen. And that's why we have to make the most of the time that God has given us. And so we grow in the world. We go to school. We get degrees. Amen. We, 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 we go through, 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 through occupational development. We grow in our relationship. Amen. We fall in love. We grow. We grow to the altar. Amen. But we don't grow in our faith. We receive Jesus as our Savior and as our Lord. But then it just stops there. And we just go to church and we just pray repeat every. Sunday, but there has to be something more to this faith. There has to be something more to the grace of God. You just heard the, the, the story of our, our, our brother Anton. This was a brother who was struck on all types of drug addiction. As a matter of fact, he should be dead right now. He's a walking miracle because of the testimony, because of the great things that God has done in his life. It's only because of God's grace that he's standing here today. He came to the gathering church broken, but God has begun to just do a wonderful work in his life. Is he perfect? No. Are we perfect? No. But we're on the road of progression. We have to grow. We have to mature. There has to be something more. We cannot plateau in our walk with the Lord. We just read in the scripture, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, amen, that we are saved by Grace, by grace you have been saved through faith, amen? But it's not because we did something, it's because it is a gift of God. When Jesus sent his son to die, when the father sent his son Jesus to die for us on Calvary, that was his gift to us. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever shall believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. This is the type of life that God wants us to live, it's the abundant life. But you will not understand or appreciate the life that God gives you unless you become an agent of grace. The Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, But grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be both glory now and forever. Amen. We have to grow. We have to grow. We can't stay where we are. At the gathering church, we are called to grow. That's the first G. We're, we're, we're called to grow. If we're going to be agents of grace today, we have to grow. 
We have to mature. There has to be a, a yearning, a longing for the next level. When we speak about growth, we speak really about the word discipleship. It means that we, we, we learn how to live, how to think, how to function the way Christ has lived and functioned in his own very existence while he walked on the earth. So there's three things I want to give you, and I'm going to be out your way quick, fast, and in a hurry. Amen. I don't believe we need to take all day to get the word of God. Amen. But we need to get the word of God. Amen. So I want to give you three unexpected tools that God uses you to help you to become like him. Amen. These are three tools. Amen. Unexpected tools. Amen. You, everybody has a toolbox somewhere in their heart. Amen. And God uses these tools to help you to become more like him. So let's, let's go through the three tools this morning. Number one. Y'all ready? Here we go. Wish I had a drum roll, but here we go. All right. Boom. Okay. God uses trouble to teach us to trust him. Woo. <laughs> about half of y'all say amen. Half of y'all say, I don't know about that, pastor. All right. You keep on living. Amen. Praise the Lord. Trouble. Amen. It's, I, I said trouble does not know any type of, 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 of racism. Trouble doesn't know any, it's, it's, it's not for one particular person or one particular thing. If you're living and if you're breathing in this room right now, God said, the word of God says, you will have trouble. That's a promise. I don't want to claim that prophecy, Pastor, but Jesus said it. He said, in this world, you will have trouble. And the, this first unexpected tool, God uses trouble to teach us to trust. Some of y'all will never come to church if you have no trouble. I don't see some of y'all till the fire hit the fan. Where everything is fine, after you get your prayer breakthrough, I don't see you for weeks and months at a time. But let some trouble come. You be the first one on to, please pray for me. I give myself away. Because God uses trouble to teach you how to trust him. The word of God says in the book of Romans chapter 5, verse 3 and 4, it said trouble produces patience. Uh, we don't like that word. Trouble produces patience and patience produces character and character produces hope. God uses trouble to teach us how to trust him. We see in the book of Mark when Jesus, amen, was at the garden of Gethsemane. And he was praying, and the Bible says, then they came to a garden, in Mark chapter 14, verse 32, he said, then they came to a garden called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. And the Bible says, distress and anguish came all over Jesus. And Jesus said to himself, he said, the sorrow in my heart is so great that it crushes me. He said the depression, the, the oppression, the pressure of life, the stresses of life, it's just so overwhelming me. It, it, it's just too much for me. I don't know if you've ever been in a, in, a, in, a, in a spot or in a situation where the troubles of life begin to just crush you. The sorrow in your heart just begin to overwhelm you. The issues and the problems of life just begin to just overtake you and you feel like a thousand weights are on your shoulder. You feel like you can't even lift up your head you don't even feel like getting up and getting out the bed in the morning because it's just so much trouble on you god uses trouble 
to teach us to trust him. When Jesus was in this hot spot, the scripture says, if you keep on reading in Mark 14, he said, Father, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away. Please take this stress. Please take this problem. Please take this situation. Please answer my prayer. And see, most of us just stop there and say, well, Lord, just answer my prayer. But then Jesus had the nerve to say, yet not what I want, yet not my will, yet not what it's about me. It's not, it's not about me. Yet not my will, but thy will be done. He was saying, Lord, I want my purpose more than I, than, than I want this problem. <laughs> He said, I, I, I want your will to be done. If you're teaching me how to trust you in this, then show me how to trust you. You see, some of us are half-baked cakes. We look good on the outside, but we're gooey on the inside. Because every time God put us in the fire, <laughs> we say, take me out, take me out, take me out, take me out. But sometimes you have to go through the fire. <laughs> Not just be in the fire. You have to go through the fire. You know, come out on the other side. See, that's what growth means. Growth means I'm going through a process. You see, I'm not stuck in a place of arrested development. You know, I'm not 35 years old and still drinking Similac, okay? That I'm 35 and I'm eating grown folk food. Come on now. That I'm maturing, that I'm growing, that I'm experiencing the different levels of what it means to be a child of God. It's time for me to grow. So he uses the, the, the unexpected tool of, 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 of trouble to teach us to, to trust him. Now, in, now with, with this particular tool, there's two things you should do when, you, when, when, when God gives you trouble. Because some of you are in trouble today. And you know, sometimes you, 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 you have to help. I'm going to help you out today to help you get through your, your trouble. First thing, you know, keep a spiritual journal. Some of you don't like to write, but it's okay. But keep a journal. Do a video journal. Do something. Sometimes you need to use a journal to help you to get through your stuff. Sometimes you got to write it out. I see some of you are note takers now while I'm talking. Good. Keep a spiritual, get a book. I don't care if it's a composition, nine, nine cent notebook. Okay, I don't care if it's an app on a cell phone. Keep a journal. The Bible says in Numbers 30, 30, 33, verse 2, at the Lord's direction, Moses kept a written record of their progress. Keep a written record of your progress. Come on now. When I first got saved, man, I had a foul mouth. Lord, I'll curse you out of there. You look at me the wrong way. So, so I said, Lord, you picked the wrong one to be a pastor. Are you sure? Because sometimes some people say things. I say, if you knew me just, ooh, 16 years, ooh, <laughs> Lord Jesus. But I've grown up. The things I used to do. I don't do no more. The things I would have said to you, I won't say it no more. Because I've grown up. I've gone through a process. I'm not on Similac anymore. And I kept a journal to kind of write, like, you know, this situation happened today. And normally I would tell this person where to go and how to get there. But you know what I said? I said, God bless you. And even though I was angry, even though I was so irritated, but I just kept on walking. That was growth. Sometimes you have to monitor your growth. You have to write down that, you know what? 
Tyrone called me and normally, girl, you know what would happen when he just say certain things, girl, and stuff just happened. But he called me last night and I picked the phone and let it quit to voicemail. That's gross. He just looked at me, girl, and stuff just happened. I deleted his number out my phone. That's gross. He ain't getting my cookies no more. My cookies belong to Jesus. Mm. So keep a journal. It'll help you when the trouble comes. And you know, the next day, remember the reward. If, if, you, if you get through this thing, come on now. The Bible says our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. In other words, this little trouble, this little situation that you're going through now, it's not compared to what's about to come, what's about to hit you, what's about to hit your life. If you keep on pressing, there are some blessings, there are some miracles, there are some breakthroughs with your name on it that no one, no person can stop what God wants to do in your life. So remember the reward. Let's go to the second tool. Verse two, God uses trouble to trust him. Here's the next one. Y'all might not like me after this, but it's okay. Amen. Just put your tomatoes down. Just don't throw them in this direction, okay? Okay. God uses temptations to teach us to obey. God uses temptation to teach us to obey. He uses trouble to teach us to trust him. And now he uses temptations to teach us to obey. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 4, verse 1, this is Jesus. This is Jesus after he got baptized. And the Bible says then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. God can lead me into temptation. I thought, Pastor, you said, lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from, 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 from evil. But you know the good thing? In this text, God uses the devil as a pawn. He uses your enemy as a pawn to help train you to trust God even more. Some of you crying, and, oh God, this is wrong, the devil's at me. And, and, and you have to realize that God is behind the scene. You know, sometimes back in the day where I used to watch, you know, some, some, some of the boxing matches happening. And if, if you notice something, you, you notice in, 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 in the ring, you know, everybody's going crazy. Knock them out. Sock him. Give it to him. Boom, 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 boom. But if you notice the promoters, they're the calmest ones. They're just sitting there. They're not being moved. Why? I wonder why. Why, why come everybody else is getting so excited, so animated, and you think this person's going to win, or you think that person's going to win, and they call why? Because the fight is the fight is fixed. The fight is fixed. And some of you are in a ring right now. And you get all caught up. Oh, my God. Knock him out. He's going to kill me. He's going to do this. He's going to do that. Oh, my God. The devil's running rapid in my home. The devil's going to tear apart my marriage. The devil's going to take my health away. You get so overwhelmed. And God is just, the fight is fixed. You're going to win. You're going to come out. On the other, you know, he's using, he, he's using your enemy as a sparring partner. He's just your punching bag. Oh, yeah, I ain't getting this this morning. 
You see, sometimes you, you, you get so overwhelmed at the enemy, but he's just, just, he's just helping you to get to the next level. He's just helping you to grow. He's your resistance. The greater the resistance, the greater the strength. You wanted some muscles? You have to go through something. You have to go through some temptations. You have to learn how to say no. Even when your body is telling you yes, you learn to say no. Submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. He's just there to help you build resistance. Next time the devil come at you, like, you're just helping me get to my next level. That's all you're doing. You're just helping me to grow. I ain't worried. I ain't, I ain't thinking to be worried about you. You're just helping me to get to my next level. You're just helping me to get to my breakthrough. You're just helping me to get to my miracle. Though you might try to throw some foolishness in my way, but if God is for me, who can be against me? He uses temptations to teach us. It's there to teach you. Mm -hmm. Jesus was led by the Spirit. The Holy Ghost led him into a dry place. Something in a dry place that you think you did something wrong. But the Holy Ghost, he's leading you into the dry place. He's leading you into the desert. He's leading you into a lonely place where all of your natural resources are nowhere to be found and where your only sustenance comes from God. The desert is nothing but your training ground. It's nothing but an obstacle course. Because when you come out on the other side, you're going to be stronger and better anyhow. So if you're in a dry place right now, God is just using it cause you to grow it's made for your advancement oh god glory to god it's made for this is your ramp to your next level this is your ramp to your next place this is this, this is the gateway this is the doorway to your miracle don't get depressed in the desert when the devil came and began to tempt jesus in the desert you know what he told him he said get out of here satan that's what Jesus told him in Matthew 4, verse 10. The scripture says, the word of God says, worship only the Lord thy God. Obey only him. Obey only him. When Satan will begin to throw temptations your way, tell Satan, get thee behind me. Get thee behind me. You're not going to cause me to fail this test. You're not going to cause me to, to lose my purpose. You're not going to cause me to lose my, my destiny. Get thee behind me, Satan. You have to tell him where to go and how to get there. Go in the name of Jesus. Someone just say go. Yeah. And so, and when them temptations begin to hit you, first of all, keep your, keep focused on the good thoughts. I think about the next, some of, some of us are so negative. Just negative. Just always think the worst is going to happen. That's not the word of God. That's not how God wants you to live. Up all night stressing. Thinking the worst scenario. That ain't going to. Let me tell you. Half the stuff you stress about don't even happen. It don't even happen. It don't. We just make a big deal out of nothing. And the devil just whispering all the. This is going to happen. Oh, you got a bad report. You got an ache in your chest. Oh, you're having a heart attack. Oh, you hit the arm hurt. Oh, oh you're going to have a stroke. And all this and all that. You all. Oh, my God. I'm going to die. Oh, my God. The devil is a liar. 
By your stripes, you were healed. Come on now. You have to know the word of God. How do you grow? Get some scripture in your heart. The Bible calls the word of God the sword of the spirit. Come on now. You have to do battle with the word of God. That's why Jesus said the scripture says. You have to know the word of God for yourself. You have to know the word of God. And here's another thing that will help you when, when temptations come your way. Get a spiritual partner. Stop trying to do this walk all by yourself. You was never made to do this. You ain't that strong. I don't care how anointed and how awesome you think you are, you're not. Y'all quiet in here. Y'all quiet in here. But I'm telling the truth. No man is an island unto himself. Even Jesus, at the moment of his, his darkest hour, he said, Disciples, can y'all not watch and pray with me for at least one hour? Even Jesus needed somebody. How much more do we need somebody? Well, I got God, and I got God all by myself. It's just me and Jesus alone. Okay, you believe that if you want. You always be a dollar short and a day late. Because you're missing out on the beauty of doing it together, of the beauty of community. We grow in community. I would not be who I am today if I did not have community. You need community. Some of you have been disconnected so long and you wonder why hell is breaking loose because you got no fortification. See, when we come together, we lock arms in faith. I know we're just sitting here, but in the spirit, we're locked down right now. We're locked down. It's crank, crank right now. It's locked down right now. Come on now. You might just say, well, Pastor, I'm going through. We're locking arms because there's some people who are weak among us. And when we lock arms, we strengthen each other. So when you think you could do it by yourself, you lack the sustenance and the support that you need to help you to grow. You need to get a spiritual partner. That's one of the things I love about connection groups. Because you get to meet people who are like-minded like you, who are on the journey like you. You know, Sunday is good. This is great. But we need more than a Sunday. Yeah. We need more than I, the way I got where I got in my faith is because I had more than a Sunday. Sunday is not enough. If you could give, if you could work five plus days a week and work how many God forsaken hours, you tell me you can't give God another day. Okay? It all belongs. Let me tell you, God take that job away. You'd be right here. You'd be here for Thursday. You'd be here for Wednesday. Even the days are not church. Can I just come by and pray, Pastor? God is a jealous God. He will pull things to get your attention. <laughs> you think because he answered your prayer and now you got your breakthrough, you think he got it together now. He will snatch the covers back. That's the type of God I serve. He doesn't want anything in front of him but him. So it's time to get into it. But God is a God of grace. We have our grace. Yeah, 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 yeah. Grace, but not grace to be foolish. Not grace so you could do whatever you want to do. And when you, when you feel like it, then you come back. God don't work like that. There's consequences to every decision we make, whether good or bad. There's consequences. You see, change is inevitable, but growth is optional. Are you going to grow? Life is going to change. Change is inevitable. It's going to happen. One more, you're going to wake up and say, well, man, I'm not as young as I used to, as I used to be. Man, I'm not, I'm not this person. I used to. Because change is inevitable. 
Life will change. Life change will happen. Family will change. Friendship will change. Your body will change. Your mind will change. Your finances will change. Change will happen all around you. But growth is optional. You have to choose to grow. You have to choose to grow. You have to choose, Lord, what are you teaching me in this circumstance? What are you teaching me in this in this situation? Am I just going to sit here and just be depressed? Come on now, or what are you showing me? Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 10 says, you're better off to have a friend than to be all alone. If you fall, your friend can help you get up. That's why you need somebody. So if you fall in a ditch, someone can help you to get back up. Again, some of you in a ditch this morning, you got no one to call. Help me. I'm falling and I can't get up. When you have a spiritual partner, they help you to keep it real. They can see you when your soul ain't that tight. That's what I'm talking about. I ain't talking about the one that you have to act all polished and all Christian-like. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Praise the Lord. How you doing? Praise the Lord. Someone who can see when your breath stinks. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Come on. So we want we want to dress up in church and, and, and just make it look all pretty and all nice like this how we look all the time. No, you don't. Some of you don't even go to work like that. Just throwing whatever you got to do and get out the door. <laughs> yeah, I know I'm talking right this morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let me get to my last point. We're going to close out of here. Amen. So, God uses temptations to teach us to obey. Other than that, get, a fo get, get focused on good thoughts. The, the Bible says, fix your thoughts on what is true, good, and right. Stop always thinking about the negative stuff. When some temptation comes your way, that's why you need a, that's why you need a spiritual partner to help you. Bro, I'm being tempted right now. Come on, brother, let's pray. You need someone who can strengthen you, can lock arms with you. But if you're struggling with something no one knows about it, you're hurting yourself. You will always stay bound. You will always stay in a place where you need freedom. If we're going to grow, grow means sometimes you have, to, you have to expose yourself. You have to put yourself on the line. My last and my third unexpected tool that God uses us to help us to grow. God, and it's a hard one for somebody today. God uses trespasses to teach us to forgive. <laughs> All the amens just went real low right about now. People say, oh, Pastor, I got to leave early today. Here we go. My bus is about to come. I got to go. Ah, God uses trespasses to teach us to Forgive. Matthew 27, verse 39 to 44. People passing by shook their heads. Now, this is, this is Jesus now. This is Jesus on his way, on Golgotha's way, on his way, on the cross. And they shook their heads and hurled insults at Jesus. And the elders made fun of him. Here's the religious people now. Uh-huh. Sometimes you can't get caught from religious people, even in the church. Come on now. Sometimes you got to push past the religious people just to get to Jesus. 
The Bible continues to say, even the bandits who have been crucified with him insulted him in the same way. They hurled insults at Jesus. In other words, Jesus had some haters. He had some haters. He had some true haters. Haters. H-A-T-E-R-S. Having angered towards. Hmm, let's see. H-A-T-E-R-S. Having anger towards everyone reaching success. That's what a hater is. Someone who is constantly having anger towards everyone reaching success. That's a hater. Jesus was dealing with haters. You have haters who hate that you are reaching towards success, who, who, who hate that you're going towards your dream, who hate that you're going towards your purpose, who hate that you're going deeper in your faith in God. Jesus had some haters. But the Bible says, if you keep on reading, he said, Father, forgive them. Forgive these people. Because they don't know what they're doing. Jesus could have chose to be bitter about the whole situation. He could have said, y'all crucify me, but you know what? In about three days, 72 hours, <laughs> all power, it's going to be in my hands. <laughs> and y'all acting a fool now, <laughs> but I got you. I'm going to remember all your faces. I'm going to show you that I'm God. He didn't do that. See, some of us, we would do that. I'll show you. You don't tell me I can't. I'll show you. I'm a man. I'm a... And we do all that, all the, you know, all the stuff. But he said, okay, Father, forgive them. He prayed for them. All right, next people, you know, when they go through a hurt or offense, I said, um, I said, have you released the person? Yeah, I pray, you know, I forgive them, I move on. I said, can you pray for them? Because if you're like, I can't pray that God will bless them, you haven't released them. When Jesus said, Father, forgive them, he said, Lord, wipe the slate clean like this never happened. If you can't pray that prayer, then I, I challenge to ask, have you truly forgiven the person? Don't get forgetfulness confused with forgiveness. Well, I forget about it. It, you know, it happened so many years ago. No, you, you forgot, but you haven't forgiven. Because every time you think about it, you feel that stinger. <laughs> inside it, it just brings up uh, emotions your mind you start arguing with yourself like you still talking to the person the person could be dead for 20 years and you still tell the person this is what i would have said if i and i and that and you're having a big old conversation in your head trying to prove yourself to a dead person to a hater how does god use his trespasses to teach us to forgive remember first that god has forgiven you we were born trespassing against God. 
Oh, now the table's turned. But he hurt my feelings. You hurt God's feelings. The day you were born, you hurt his feelings. The first eh, 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 cry, you offended God. Because the Bible says you were born in iniquity. You are born when your will bent, hell bent against God. Your sweet, cooing, cuddly, looking like a little angel self was born a sinner. I speak to one, 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 one nurse. She said, it's just so hard to believe that these babies are, are, are sinners, but they're just so cute. I said, cuteness has nothing to do with your spiritual state, baby. The devil could look cute, too. The Bible says he was an angel of light. But yet a sinner. We have to remember that God has forgiven us. He has forgiven us. And you see, when, when we forgive others, the Bible says Ephesians 4.32, forgive others just as God forgave you in Christ, because of Christ. God has forgiven us so much, so he calls us to forgive other people of their much. If we're holding the offense of what someone else did to us, then God has the right to hold your sins against you too. You can't say, God has forgiven me much, but you can't forgive much. This is what I'm talking about, being an agent of grace. What God has given you, you share with other people. If you know your life was taught from the floor up and God has cleaned you up, that when you tell people your testimony, their eyes open wide, their mouth drop open because they can't believe that you were that person. I dare you not to be able to say, man, what God has done for me, I'm going to help extend that grace to somebody else. My final point, under God uses trespasses to teach us to forgive, is remember, God is in control. He's in control. We used to sing about the child, he got the whole world in his hand. He got you and me, brother, in his hand. He got my mother and my sister in his hands. He got the whole world in his hands. He has all of us in his hands. He's in control. But pastor, I don't see him. I can't feel him. Y'all talking about a God who's invisible. Where is he? Where is the Lord God of Elijah? Where is this Jesus you're talking about? And God is saying, can you trust me even when you can't trace me? Can you trust me even when you can't? Trace me, even when you can't figure me out. Someone should tweet that right there. Ooh. Oh my God. I'm blessing my own self. I came straight from him. Can you trust him, even when you can't trace him? But he hurt me, Pastor. He hurt me. My husband walked out on me. She cheated on me. I know it hurts. And I'm not trying to play low your pain. But Jesus, he died for your pain. If you're going to grow, if you're going to become an agent of grace, that is time for you to let some stuff go. It's time for you to release it. Look, we read in the scripture in the book of Genesis about a man named Joseph. Joseph just had a dream. 
He just had a simple dream. His dream caused him so many problems. His own family, his own brothers turned against him. Threw him in a pit that slowed him to slavery. Went into slavery. Worked as an indentured servant. Got lied on. Got thrown in prison. Now you're talking about this is a child of God, Pastor? Oh yes. This is the anointed Joseph. Okay? But he still held on to his dream. How was he going to be a leader when he was in prison? Some of you right now, you say, how can I do what God has called me to do? But my current situation looks like this. Some of you might feel like you're in an emotional prison today. You might feel like you're in, in, a, in, in, in a physical prison today. Like you're just locked up behind bars. They can't get out. But God had a plan. God was using his prison. He was using Joseph Pitt to bring him to the palace. <laughs> it was just training ground for Joseph. Joseph was just learning how to be and lead Egypt. He worked in Potiphar's house. Potiphar was a general. He was learning how do they operate? How do they flow? But he was just pouring water past him. No, 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 no. God was teaching him the culture. God was teaching him how the people operate. Some of you might be in a different culture wondering, what in the world am I doing? He's teaching you something. Sit them in the prison. Got lied on by Potiphar's wife. Because she, want, she wanted him and he didn't want her. But that temptation again. The Bible said, he fled. He had the spit of Nike. He ran. Some of you picture Nike's on in the spirit and run. Next time you get that phone call, delete that number out your phone. So don't call me no more. Ain't no good to you anyhow. I don't know who I'm talking to. But someone need to delete a number today. Ooh, I feel that in the Holy Ghost and I ain't lying. Ooh. Someone need to delete a number today out your phone before you leave church today. If you want to grow got to cut some people off. Some people are changed to your growth. They're holding you back. Every time you take two feet forward, you go back four steps because it's like a dog on a leash that just pull you down. And sometimes you got to sever that stuff and say, you know what? I want God more than I want you. It's time for me to grow. This is the growing season gathering, church. It's time for the sheep to get fat. It's time for us to grow deeper in our faith. Come out of the shallow and go into the depths of God. Joseph told his brothers at the end of it all, he was promoted and he began to rule Egypt. He had all authority right beside Pharaoh. And when his brothers found out who Joseph really was, Joseph said in Genesis 50, 20, he says, you meant to hurt me, but God turned your evil into good to save the lives of many people, which is being done. Your circumstance, your problem, your offense, your trespasser, it was meant to hurt you. But God can turn that hurt and make it into a message. He can turn that pain and make it into 
a testimony. Most time when we harbor hurt, we ain't hurting the person who hurt us. You're just drinking poison for yourself. You hold them as a prisoner inside your heart. The person ain't even thinking about you. The person moved on long ago. And you still hear what she did and what he did and what they did. Later for that, you're wasting time. You're wasting time. You could be growing. You, you could be excelling. You could be doing greater things. It's time for you to grow this morning. It's time to break the chain of arrested development and be all that God has called you to be as an agent of grace. Shall we bow our heads this morning? Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Father, we worship you. We give you glory, honor, and praise. We thank you for this wonderful day that you have made. We thank you, oh God, for the life that you've given us through your dear son, Jesus. Now, Father, I'm asking you right now, God, to begin to move in the hearts and the lives of your people. God, you're calling us to grow. That's the first thing. We have to grow. We have to grow individually and grow corporately. If we're going to be an agent of grace, that is who we are here at the Gathering Church. That's who we are as believers. To share that grace, we have to grow. So Father, I just pray even now in the name of Jesus that you begin to touch the hearts and the lives of your people. If you know the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you through this message this morning, wherever you are in the sanctuary, will you just stand up so we can just pray corporately this morning? This message has touched you. You know the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. Just stand up so we can pray this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you for your honesty. Now, those who are standing, we just lift your hands up towards God. It's just a sign of surrenderance. Father, these individuals that are standing and even those who are watching by way of podcast this morning, God. Father, I pray for my brother and for my sister. I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you, God, right now, will strengthen them, Lord. Father, some of them are in trouble, but in the trouble, you're saying, I want you to trust me. Some of them are going through temptations on every hand, but even in the midst of the temptations, Lord God, I pray that they would, oh God, learn and, and, and to, to, to obey you, oh God, despite of what the temptation might be. Oh God, even as Jesus said, the scripture said, worship only the Lord God, obey only him. God, help them to obey only you, oh God. You said that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. But even in our weakness, I pray strength now, Father, in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, some of them have gone through trespasses where people have hurt them, have wounded them, have offended them, Lord God. But in this, Lord God, the grace, the forgiveness that you've given them, let them extend that to the person who has trespassed against them. Let them extend your mercy, your kindness, your love, because they have first received that mercy, that kindness, and their love from you, Father. Father, I pray that remember that you are in control of it all. You have the whole world in your hand. Nothing goes by. Even when we can't trace you, we can still trust you. So, Father, I pray your grace, your abundant grace, 
upon their lives. And from this very day, let them see the shift. Let them see the change. That they can mark that from this day, I began to grow. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we put our hands together and bless the Lord?